do we agree to do things that we don't even want to do? Whether it's to be liked, whether it's fear of abandonment, whether it's to avoid conflict, we say yes knowing that it's a no. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. I am super excited to be back. What a wonderful last few weeks. Traveling to Atlanta, speaking at two Paul Mitchell schools for speaking events, coaching a client through a VIP day uh, down in Fayetteville, North Carolina, and then circling back and doing a three-day team retreat or two-and-a-half-day team retreat with several of the women in particular and my husband who support my business, which is Seek Wisdom, Find Wealth, and all of the stuff that we do over here. And man, I used to think that I needed coffee in the morning. I was one of those people, not recently, but at one point I've gone through different stages where I thought I needed coffee. But man, what really gets me up and going now is clarity. Like coming back from the team retreat and having such a level of clarity about the direction that I am going in, that redefining wealth is going in, is like, oh my gosh, you would think that I was pumped up on caffeine. (laughs) And I've been drinking nothing but about a gallon of water a day. So I'm not pumped up on caffeine at all, but boy, does clarity really get you moving in the right direction. If you're a new listener here, what you should know about redefining wealth is that we don't believe that wealth is all about money and material possessions. We believe that wealth is about well-being, and so you are in for a treat. This is going to be a great episode about really well-being and being able to stay true to yourself in order to get the results that you want and move forward powerfully with clarity. If you're an OG listener, aka Purpose Chaser, welcome back and thank you for the continued love and support. I can't believe we are coming up on our one-year anniversary next week. Yes, yes. So if you are still trying to get your voice included in the show, I've been talking about this the last few weeks. If you still want to be a part of that anniversary episode, And you want to share what Redefining Wealth has done for you. Let me not say you want to share. If you want to honor my request, because I'm asking you to share, and many of you have, and it's been wonderful listening to what Redefining Wealth has done for you, whether it be in the different pillars or just how you feel overall, I would love, love, love to incorporate your voice. You have a few more days. So please go to freecallwithpatrice.com freecallwithpatrice.com. There you'll see a button. All you have to do is push the button and record right from your phone, from whatever device uh, you usually listen to the podcast, and leave me a 90-second message. Tell me your name, where you're from, and with the next 86 seconds, whatever you want to say, I would love to have your voice included because this is not my show. This is our show. And so as we move into this one-year anniversary, over 50 episodes, man, I can't even believe it's that much already, hundreds of testimonials. You know, I went into this team retreat because I really needed to flush out my ideas on how to build community. When I launched Redefining Wealth, I was very clear that the first year would be about creating life-altering content consistently. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think that we have been doing that quite well. And I knew though that the next phase would be to build community. And there are so many of you out there 
and you're always sending me your takeaways and your ahas and I love it, but I am really looking forward to different ways that I can bring us together, whether that be virtually online, and I'm not talking to Facebook group. I'm kind of over those um, personally. So not in a Facebook group community. And then also offline as I create different opportunities for us to come together, plus do my own live event. Yeah, Redefining Wealth is uh, producing a live event to bring you all together from all over the world uh, next year in Atlanta. So you heard it here first. Stay tuned for that. But the team retreat ended up giving me more than I could even hope for. You know, I was sharing on Insta story, and I'm doing this episode because several of you sent me DMs like, yes, please talk about this on the podcast, and I appreciate you. Um, I was doing the team retreat, and it's one thing to know that you have been called to a powerful vision. It's another thing to really sit in a space in a room where there are several people who are also sold out for that vision. And there's a couple times that I was in that space where I literally wanted to tear up and cry because I saw people taking my dream and making it bigger than I had even thought of. It's so humbling to think of that, that someone can actually take what you've conceptualized and stretch it into something that's way greater than what you were thinking in the first place. But I have to be honest, I had to learn to give myself permission to receive that type of support. Mm, I really did. I had to give myself permission to receive that type of support. And so what came out of it was a lot of feedback. And in that feedback comes this episode because talking to my strategic planner who was in the room and my COO and executive assistant and my husband who is my partner in purpose, I learned a lot about myself. And I learned that as much as I love doing this and creating um, the podcast, that in order to sustain it, that I would need your support. So that's like one thing that I had to humble myself and accept. We'll talk about that next week on the anniversary episode. But I also learned that I have to focus 80% of my effort on my community, whereas in years past, I never really did something like this that will bring that could bring so many people together. I'm a media personality. I'm a speaker. People send me in places. I do my job and then I go back home. And I those people pay me even though the audience would get the benefit of whatever wisdom I was sharing. And for many years, I worked with brands or event producers and shows and the people would get the benefit of the work, but I didn't have genuine direct contact or connection or accountability. And I realized through chatting with my team that I actually crave that. (laughs) At this stage in my life, that's actually something that I crave. And I don't know about you, but living in the land of the solopreneur and the gig economy where many of us are just at home by ourselves working throughout the day, or maybe we go to a co-working space or any number of things, but And yeah, you have family, you have friends, you might have church family, but being in an actual community with people who have shared goals and a shared vision that's bigger than the basic stuff that we hear about is really powerful. And my strategic planner reminded me that I started the year, as you guys know, focused on the word simplicity. 
And now, in order for me to finish strong and recommit to simplifying my life so that I could focus on the 80%, which is what matters to me, building out what this community really could be, that I would have to let go of the 20% that sucks up so much of my time. The stuff that makes me busy, not necessarily productive or profitable anymore. And it's the anymore part that I have really been man marinating on for the last couple days. It's like, what worked for you in one season? I think Sharon Beeson said that on her episode. What worked for you in one season will not work in the next season of your business. And even if it does work, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel good. And redefining wealth and this whole idea of chase purpose, not money has, as much as I have been stretching you, I have been stretched in this. And so one of the things that came out of this in the conversation on the last day is we were getting ready to part and I was looking at the calendar for the next couple of weeks and I'm like, I have all these things that I want to, I want to like hurry up and go home and start working on. But I also have all these other things that I've committed to and I'm looking at them and I'm like, is that even what I want to do anymore? Are those even people I want to be around? And no shade clearly to any of the wonderful speaking engagements that I have coming up. It's not that. It's just looking at like, wow, I really want to focus on this but I've booked my calendar up with so many, you know, opportunities for that. And it's like, does that serve me in this season when I truly crave community and want to build something with the people who support me the most, with the people who get my message the most? And I said this line just kind of came out as we were talking And I told my team, I'm not above backing out. I'm not above backing out. I'm not above sharing with people that my priorities have changed. I'm not above sharing with people that my desires have shifted. I'm not above reneging (laughs) if it means realigning with what matters to me. I'm not above removing myself. From things, as long as there's no material damage to others, you know, I would never want to create a burden or a hardship for anyone else, but I'm not above removing myself from things that no longer move me. I'm not above saying no gracefully, and I can't be above it. I can't because I will work myself up trying to show up, doing the most, trying to be the best, and Truth be told, in some settings, people won't even fully appreciate it. And they'll give you like an, oh, okay, that's cool, and treat you like a commodity when there are significant things in your life that only you can do. They depend on you. They cherish you. They value you. Like there are other spaces, sacred spaces, where you are so cherished, but you're busy being a commodity in a space where they can take you or leave you. No, uh uh-uh, that doesn't feel good to me in this season. And I'm not above backing out. It's about doing three things consistently, more consistently than I have been when I allow my calendar to get as jam-packed as it is, as it has been most recently. All really nice things with really nice people, but not necessarily needed. 
And that's what, when you go back to the blessing of downsizing, that whole episode, and you know, I've been through just such a transition this year, such a year of growth, really, and pruning and learning how to take away the fluff and the things that no longer matter, the things that don't serve me. And I'm seeing how, if you remember the episode, you can't be selective with surrender. I'm also seeing now that I can't be selective with what I'm willing to simplify. That message even extends to this. Those are all great episodes. I encourage you to go back and listen and you can kind of piece this all together. But just in the same way as at different points in my life, I've been selective about what I would surrender. I realized that although I chose the word simplicity at the beginning of the year, I had one vision and God had a whole nother vision. (laughs) And now I'm seeing that I can't be selective with what I'm willing to simplify, what I'm willing to let go of. I was willing to let go of material possessions, but not willing to let go in a sense of the opportunities that I was just used to receiving in my business. And I don't want to be busy holding on to opportunities that are out of season. I don't want to pack my calendar trying to hold on to certain relationships that just no longer serve me here, professional relationships. I don't want to be busy and not productive. And so I always tell you that we're growing together. I'm not your guru. You're your own guru. All of this stuff is inside of you. And I just hope that through my own experience, we can keep growing together. And so I want to share with you three things to consider if you want to join me kind of in this mission of just not being above backing out. Because there's been so many times where I knew in my heart, in my soul, in my gut, in my spirit, in every fiber of my being that I should not have gone to a certain place, that I should not have participated in something. And I went anyway because I quote unquote wanted to save face. And it was the biggest waste of my time. It was the biggest drain on my energy. And it was just unfruitful and unproductive. But because we have this thing about, it sounds noble, honoring our word. It's noble in a sense, you know, and I can see even for myself why I've chosen to do that because I do believe in preserving relationships when possible. But I even had to look at that, which relationships are worth preserving? Because some, if someone doesn't value you, why are you bending your back to value them? Like, why are you wearing yourself out, trying to make things happen when they really don't even care and they'll replace you with someone tomorrow. Why? And so I'm revisiting this in the hopes that you'll revisit with me and that we can come together and finish this year strong. I am truly committed to finishing 2018 with a bang. Super excited again for this one-year anniversary. I'm going to announce several things, so make sure you tune in next week. I'm so excited about what's to come and the opportunities for us to get together and engage. And I'm excited to end some things so that I can engage more with you guys because this is what makes me happy. This is what gives me joy. This is what gives me peace. And this is what makes me fulfilled. So I'm going to get through these relatively quickly. The first one, first thing I want you to consider is check in with what matters. We have to be willing to keep checking in with what matters. 
Now, I am the queen of doing these lists called What's Important Now. In order to win, you have to focus on what's important now. And I write the lists, but sometimes I write the lists of what I need to work on based on what I know is coming up on my calendar, as opposed to literally checking in with what really matters to me. Because if I did that more, I would be able to cut off some of the things that end up on my calendar sooner, quicker, faster. And as a classic overachiever, my natural tendency is to overcomplicate things. <laughs> it really is. Like when I'm flushing things out, I have so many brilliant ideas, I feel like, that I just layer things on top of each other. And I realize not only do I overwhelm myself, I overwhelm my audience if it's something I'm introducing you to. And I overwhelm my team because I could be stretching them way too thin And while I'm what people see, I'm talent, y'all don't see all the work they have to do behind the scenes to make this stuff work. And so when I'm not checking in with what matters, not only am I trying to get them to really hold my hand and help me through this purpose work, we have all this other fluff work that ends up on the calendar, on the schedule. And while I'm sure they are sold out for me and sold out for the vision, it's not productive. And it's not fair. And so I'm committed to checking in with what matters every day. I don't even think I can say every month or every week at this point. It's literally a daily conversation. I'm setting a reminder on my phone that should pop up right after my faith time, faith pillar here. I block an hour or 45 minutes from 6 a.m. to 6.45 a.m., to pray, to do my devotional, to journal. And so right after that, my plan is to put a reminder in that just says what really matters. What really matters is the opportunity for me to check in and make sure that everything that I'm doing and everything that I'm even thinking about doing is something that aligns with what I say the 80% is for me so that I'm not spending 100% of my time on the stuff that only matters to me 20%. And so I want to invite you to figure out how you can keep checking in with what matters, because I've realized just from the last couple days of me focusing on the things that really matter, how much more productive I've been. And I know that being more productive in what matters is going to lead to the wealth. And so check in with what matters. Number two, here's what I have written down. I will stop compromising my time, my money, and my peace to be liked. I will stop compromising my time, my money, and my peace to be liked. Now, I am definitely a recovering people pleaser, and I haven't thought of myself as being a people pleaser in a really long time. But when I looked at the 20% bucket of what was filling up my calendar but wasn't really necessary, it was really because I stop telling people no quickly and gracefully. And I did a video about this, and this is about being selective because in certain areas of my life, I'm quick with it. (laughs) I waste no time with the no. But then professionally, again, I was slipping into this wanting to be liked, wanting to still be in the circle, wanting to still be called. Because I'll tell you guys, when I switched from Real Money Answers 
which was my previous brand, how I became known. That was my my radio segment. That was my books. That was everything. And people were used to bringing me on shows or on stages to talk very specifically about budgeting and credit and debt elimination and saving. And, and when I switched to redefining wealth and I wasn't in that bucket anymore, people were like, oh, well, you're not a personal finance expert anymore. I'm like, yes, I, of course I am. What do you mean? <laughs> I've just expanded the conversation. I haven't, it's not that I can't do those things anymore, but I've expanded the conversation to encompass what I consider to be the truth about wealth, which you guys know as the six pillars. I knew that I was taking my chance, expanding to redefining wealth. I didn't know it would have the impact that it's had over the last several months. I really didn't. An impact meaning where people will be so confused in the spaces that I came from and that I would have to literally rebuild and make a new name for myself more under like a lifestyle um, type of brand as opposed to just personal finance. You know, I'm kind of the person that's, what do they call it? Straddling the fence. (laughs) That's my Belizean coming out. I can't get American sayings. Like I I would be straddling the fence And so I did a video called How to Say No Quickly and Gracefully. And as my team member, my COO was headed to the airport, left me at the hotel and said, I just opened Twitter and look what was the first thing that came up. And it was a tweet about my video, How to Say No Quickly and Gracefully. And I was like, okay, I see that wink, God, like definitely on the right track here. Because how many times do we agree to do things? And I know it's not just me, it's you too. Do we agree to do things that we don't even want to do? Whether it's to be liked, whether it's fear of abandonment, whether it's to avoid conflict with someone, we say yes knowing that it's a no. And for me, when I say stop compromising my time, my money, or my peace, I'm really looking at just things from the last several months. How many opportunities had I just said no? Had I circled back and said, eh, you know what? Thought about it. And I can't. (laughs) I've researched, I've looked it over, and I can't. I'm not going to be able to do it. Like, how much time and energy would have been saved? And in that video, which is really good, I'll link to that too, How to Say No Quickly and Gracefully. You can find it on my YouTube channel. But I say that it doesn't matter if the relationship is personal or professional or somewhere in between. And I break down what we need to do when we look when we're looking at saying no quickly and gracefully and while again I've mastered this in certain areas I realized I've been selective and what I learned about myself during this team retreat is that the first rule is you have to unattach yourself from the outcome I have to unattach myself from how people will feel what they will say will they ever book me again will I ever be invited I don't care <laughs> Because I'm moving into a space that feels wonderful for me. So why do I even care? I know that I need boundaries in order to truly thrive. And it's amazing how we know this stuff. And then we find ourselves in a situation, in a predicament, and we just backslide right on back into it. But I'm not above backing out. That's what I'm telling myself. I'm not above backing out. I'm not above being like, you know what? Unfortunately, it's a no. Priorities have shifted. And unattaching myself from the outcome, or excuse me, detaching myself from the outcome. I can't get caught up in that if I'm going to be true to who I am and what I've been called to do. 
And so there's more steps to that, to how to say no quickly and gracefully. But in order to stop compromising my time, my money, my peace, I decided you got to detach yourself from the outcome. You can't be caught up in that. If, if you're checking in with what truly matters, then the outcome of how they'll feel about you does not matter. Because how can I walk around and be my best self and live to really experience the fullness of what is out there for me if I'm really secretly on the low living for somebody else's approval? We already know that validation is not needed. And again, this is I'm going back to this. If removing myself from something is not going to cause any material damage to anyone else, then why worry myself? Why consume myself with the possibilities of the outcomes when the reality is some people are going to say, okay. Literally, that's simple. And we will pine and pine over something and sleep on it and pray about it and talk to 16 people about it. And then when you just say what it is, someone else will be like, okay, cool. Thanks for telling me. And that's it. (laughs) And so the reminder for me is that sometimes you have to say no to others to say yes to yourself. And that really leads me to number three, because saying no to others has not only opened up the space for me to say yes to myself, but it's opened up the space for me to give myself permission to get the true support that I need. Yeah. It's opened up the space for me to give myself permission to get the support that I need. What do I mean by that? Like I said earlier, when we are frazzled and when we create chaos and when we self-sabotage, we throw the people who want to support us into our whole nightmare, into our mess, into our train wreck. We bring them right in. And they want to support us, but then they don't want to go all the way in because we're being raggedy. We're being raggedy, running ourselves all over the place. And in the process, possibly, even if they won't tell you, running them into the ground and wearing them out. And when my team immediately saw me shift, I'm telling you, it was like a shift on a dime. And I started making decisions to cancel things, to step down, to step back, to remove myself. I could also see the immediate desire for them to want to support me even more. They wanted to help me give myself grace which also supported them in having the space to operate in excellence. Like immediately they started to handle emails a certain way and respond to people in a certain way so that it wouldn't even impact me, wouldn't bother me, wouldn't even come across my desk because the reality is I'm in a season where I want to focus on building my community, not being a part of everybody else's stage, summit, platform, everything that everyone else has going on that takes time away from me engaging with the people who support me. So me not being above backing out makes everyone else around me not above leaning in. I'm not sucking them into my self-induced mayhem. (laughs) Because backing out of some things is just going to free up the time in the headspace for all of us to complete the things that we need to get done in order to meet our number one objective in this season. And that was my big takeaway. Like that was my big takeaway. And so, 
you heard it here from someone who's a recovering people pleaser and someone who is a perfectionist and someone who truly has a heart to honor their word. But I'm clear that my word needs to be what's in alignment with my spirit, what's in alignment with my goals. If I just throw words out there and then force myself to honor them, then I'm really doing myself a disservice. I'm betraying me for the sake of someone else. And that's not okay. And so that's why I'm not above the back out. (laughs) I'm not above backing out. And I hope that this resonates with some of you. If you feel like you have made some commitments, made some promises, told folks that you were going to be able to do umpteen things that you truly don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you don't have the resources, you don't have the headspace to do those things, and you feel like, well, I can't back out. You can back out. You can do it with grace. You can leave people with their dignity intact. But first and foremost, you got to honor yourself. You got to be willing to rearrange some things to reprioritize you. You have to be willing to renege in order to realign with what matters most. And for the people who love you and adore you and want to support you, you have to say no to the things that don't matter. You have to back out so that you can help them lean in. There are people who want to support you, but they don't want to join your crazy. They don't want to join your chaos. They don't want to commit themselves to you not knowing how many things you've committed yourself to. And that's fair. That's fair. And so I love this work because it keeps just stretching us. It keeps evolving. It keeps growing. And as much as you know, you kind of feel like, okay, I got this down. It pops up in another area, totally unexpected. But now we have an opportunity to handle that too with ease and grace. And so I am so excited I have to shout out I am Leslie D and Athena Karen who saw me post about the retreat on Instagram and there were a few more and I apologize. Those are the two I remember off the top of my head and you wanted me to share more and that's what it is. That's what I'm taking away from my team retreat. So while I have forecasts and projections and we have a calendar laid out and we have all of the skill set stuff, I had to tell you how my mindset shifted in the process. Because you know that as much as I am all for working towards what we want, I'm really for understanding who we need to become in the process. And so I look forward to now the skill set piece, but also the mindset piece that's going to help me serve you better. Because I am building a community of people who want to grow with me. And I'm building a community of people who desire to attract wealth in a way that feels good for them in a way that makes them feel like they're not just redefining their wealth, they're redefining their lives. In a way that helps bring these principles to life and makes it practical and makes it something that you can implement every day in some form or fashion. And so I can't wait to share more about that with you next week. Again, really looking forward to the anniversary episode. I can't believe it's been a year already. 
but I have so many ideas and so many guests lined up and so many books for us to read that year two is going to be even bigger and better and more connected. So stay tuned for that. If you are in any of the following areas, let's see, that's Chicago, that's Detroit, that's Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, uh, Arizona, Columbus, Cleveland, I'm coming to you. So over the next few weeks, please be on the lookout. I am coming to you and I would love to meet some of you, my purpose chasers, my community members, live in full effect like I have been as I've been on the road going to other places. Can't wait to give you a hug, to take a picture, take a selfie, answer your questions, do all that great stuff. So go to patricewashington.com backslash calendar to look out for those events and figure out how to register or RSVP or whatever those things require. Until next time, until next week, when we hit our anniversary episode, I am here to help make sure that you get to live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Later.